Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Back to the TARDIS podcast, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm Skylar. And I'm Celeste Pogchamp. And today uh, we are discussing Series 4 episode i believe four and five uh, yeah series four episodes four and five the sontaran stratagem and the poison sky by helen raynor um this was the first appearance of the sontarans in the revive series and in general i think their first appearance in like god like okay no okay they showed up during the sixth doctor Okay, so it wasn't quite as long, but, like, all the Sontaran stories that I know of are, like, three or four era. Um, uh, it also featured, like, the first, like, big return of unit and is the start of our two-week-long Double Martha special. Because um, Martha's back here, and Martha will also be back in the Tortured episodes uh, that we are discussing um, and it's also Donna's first trip home, which means we get Wilf moments. Wilf the Gill. <laughs> He's back. We stand. Pour one out. On, on, yeah. Like, on, um, yeah. Uh, so we start with, you know, there's just, there's this one thing here that fucks with me so hard. And it's the entire concept of the fact that the Atmos is able to take control of the car because if you're putting shit in cars i'm pretty sure like it has to be like extensively tested and checked and there's like no way that that would have gotten into a car without immediately getting caught and being like no no you're not allowed to do that now if if he had like actual governmental ties i'd get it but he doesn't so i'm like hmm I had a theory My about that. Thing? Go yeah, ahead. Go okay. I don't know. I I kind of was thinking this over because I was just like, there's there's no way that like, especially unit or like equivalents around the world would not would not be okay with this. But then I thought like, how good of a PR move would it be for England to be like, yeah, this guy came from us and he basically solved world pollution. Uh... Like just how big of a PR thing that would be. To be like, and yeah, there would if it actually worked, which it does, just not in a non-homicidal yeah. way. It but does like, actually work. <laughs> yeah, so I was just thinking, like, man, can you imagine, like, just the surge in, like, just like pratish nationalism that would like come of that? It just made me think, like, oh yeah, yeah. of course they would push that through if it actually worked. Um, but yeah, that is a headcanon answer. I will admit it, but it just it yeah. fits in my brain so well yeah. that it's just like, oh yeah, that that would happen. <laughs> uh, Celeste, uh, my sort of yeah, my sort of theory was was basically just like we already know there there was like stuff hidden within it that was like out of sync in a time pocket, basically. So I'm just thinking oh, like yeah, they could have hidden true. it that way because like you know that's how they hid the smoke. So yeah, and that is like, it is on Tarn's text. So maybe they do have something that is able to like surreptitiously interface with transport because that does actually make sense. Is like, well, 
okay, it doesn't necessarily make sense for Suntarans because they're all like, face me in single combat, but, you know. Um, but yes, uh, it immediately, it starts and immediately uh, our uh, pre- our pre-credit sequence is journalists getting fucking iced by having the car drive into the uh, drive into the river. Which this feels like that sort of thing feels like only something RTD era would do. He has a lot of like car-related deaths. I've noticed. Or, There's a or lot. yeah, or, or or like autopilots, autopilots, or other things like something. Or something like that, or like technology being hijacked to kill people. Yes, I've noticed that a lot because you have that here. You have it. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly, but I think that happens in turn left. There's definitely a couple other stories where it starts off with like you know rooms being locked and gas being sprayed in or something like that. Also, f fucking. When's the when's the Doctor Who RTD version of Maximum Overdrive by Stephen King? Please, but also. Don't, doesn't Chibnall fucking pull from this too in Spyfall that the car tries yeah, to fucking kill yeah. him? Like, yeah. granted, granted, that isn't... That's a, common en that's a common enough trope that I'm not going to call that explicitly trying to pay for... Yeah. Trying to crib uh, from RTD era for, like, brownie points. There are other things that he does that I will absolutely make that claim, but not this, because that's that's a little bit too widespread. Yeah, no, it just, it just made me think of that since, obviously, Series 12 has come out more recently but yeah it's a it's a good opening yeah. i i forgot that we started with the radigan academy and i just i fucking thought it's just like oh man this is like the billionaire's version of uh yeah Xavier's no when they were academy all running me, when they were all running sucks. and doing the jogging outside i got like flashbacks to like x-men first class it was like wait a second Yeah, there is there is definitely a lot of vibes there, especially yeah. because of like the style yeah, very, of the yeah. older sort of manner, yeah. Definitely. Um oh, oh also the thing that's also really RTD about this is the ca the car GPS repeating this is your final destination as it drives into the lake, which is like another level of like <laughs> extra like camp. <laughs> it's just like yeah yep that's that's rtd i wonder it, it who the Santarans hired to do their voice act that was to the final destination <laughs> thing was totally radigan's idea like 100 percent. oh absolutely um it, it it is funny because every time i can't take that scene seriously because it reminds me of the scene in the office where they drive into the river I, because of the gps there's a that there's a scene where that happens i haven't watched the office so i know it's blasphemous but i'm like one of the few people around who hasn't watched the office i guess yeah wow you're really losing the light with that here. that's what we'll do after this podcast <laughs> Back to the office. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, and then, uh, obviously, uh, then uh, Martha calls uh, the doctor up on the cell phone that she gave him at the end of Series 3, which is nice continuity there. Uh, and, yeah. Get a continuity it, point. It, like, it's, yeah. 
12 more and you can redeem it to retcon your entire fucking franchise. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I like, like, honestly, like the level of like, I swear, like, um, fucking, um, oh God, what was I going to say? Um, like the level of continuity in RTD era specifically is like, it feels like it's way higher than like any other era really where like callbacks like that are a thing and like the like the fact that Martha left that cell phone for 10 specifically to be able to contact him again is like ah I don't know if you were setting this up from the start but you know I, feels MCU in the I, good I way. I sort of disagree. I sort of disagree. I, I would say the the type of continuity is different between RTD and Moffat because within RTD, the seasonal arcs aren't as heavily embedded. But as you said, there are those yeah. like or yeah, we're going back go to New Earth multiple times. Like, you can we're be... having the same newscaster yeah. show American so the... newscaster show up every single time. There's a modern. So Earth there are episode. these sort of like. Right, and so there are these sort of like overarching content. I don't want to say overarching, but there there's these like little trends that mark it as being in the same universe. But there's not a same narrative continuity where you have, you know, obviously you have stuff like with Saxon that that's sort of embedded throughout yeah. the season, but it's not quite to the same level as, as like uh, Moffat, who does like very consistent seasonal arcs, but doesn't have those like mm -hmm. little things that that connect between seasons. So I'd say they do continuity in two different ways. One sort of emphasizing like these seasonal story arcs, and one sort of emphasizing this like, you know, more loosely connected, you know, looser but defin mm -hmm. definitively connected universe. And then you have Chibnall, who's just like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Just yeah, it's, no it's it's setting continuity versus character yeah. continuity. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like loosely base that yeah. off of. Um, but yeah, stuff like stuff like Martha. The fact that um, and I forgot this because I don't remember the uh, Runaway Bride very well. But the fact that uh, her yeah. mom as well recognizes yeah. Ten. Like, of course she would. It's like you're not. To me, it's like imagine if. Jeff from um, the eleventh hour, the one with the yeah. laptop, like popped up in like series seven as like he got that job. He no no he since no 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 got that Jeff job from the eleventh hour somehow like no sorry what happens is somehow Luther from the Umbrella Academy runs into eleven is like hang on because that's the same guy. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. So it's like, I mean, uh, crossover jokes aside, it's just like that doesn't really happen. Aside from like Clara is the like one like yeah. sneaky example, and of that, that was that was still but, within uh, the yeah, season. I, that she I appreciate got the episode. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Anyways, uh, also I like that they don't even like there is no school reunion here. Like they just are kind of like Donna and Martha get along here really well. And it's kind of disappointing that they spend most of the episode and the next story separated. Um, and it again makes me salty that we didn't get a full season. Yeah, I definitely, of them. yeah, I definitely think we got cheated there 
because like you see this these like fla- immediate flashes of like really good chemistry especially with the doctor becoming like the third wheel on his own show like let me just go real quick to archive of our own <laughs> keep talking keep talking right right no, so, so, the stories I mean, exist literally I know in that exist. moment literally in that moment it feels like the doctor is like third wheeling because martha and donna are both like so competent in like you know their own ways that sort of like can do you know obviously they can't do the alien techie stuff but like all of the other like executive figuring things out investigating uh, getting things done sort of stuff like they have all those skills and and they don't like fight you know that was the sort Mm -hmm. of thing he was like expecting them to fight but like no they're just like oh yeah you're you're like the other one hey homie how's it going Mm -hmm. and and it's just it's this brilliant moment like (laughs) I, i i really agree with you i think they would have been like really good companions together because you know usually when we have like or at least in new who when we have like multiple companions they're people who like knew each other before at least tangentially uh and so having like two completely unrelated companions coming from like very different backgrounds would be something incredibly yeah okay wow okay there are only 21 fix tagged as Martha Jones slash Donna Noble. I'm going to need y'all to get on that. I'll fix that. And pu- those are rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers I up. Can, I can put a few out. Just just, just tweet the account. Your, tweet tweet us your prompts. I'll write them. Anyways, um, I so I, I have a question that I wanted to come to y'all with. Does it count? Okay. Does it count as fridging Martha? if we technically still have the actress around and she's playing an arguable, like, different version of herself. Because that's the one thing, like, I forgot the whole thing about, like, the quote-unquote evil Martha duplicate. And I was just like, man, it would have been... I get why you do it narratively, but it's just like, I want more Martha. I know we get in more of her plot, in the next like, arc, I, like, I, I like. I Like, I get what you're saying here, but, like, at the same time, in the plot, it kind of has to be her no one no other it would not make sense for it to be any other character yeah i I'm... because they need to be high enough ranking in unit and they need to be close enough to 10 no yeah i'm saying like if you're doing this it literally can't be anyone if else. you're doing the story structure that you know you write that up as like of course it has to be martha you don't no one else exists yet to take that splot that splot spot um but I don't know. If you're a writer, it's you pronounced can... splow. I'm sorry, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it gave me mixed feelings. It isn't as bad. Like, obviously, they didn't kill her. That's like true fridging right there. But yeah. like, it, it yeah, was just kind yeah, of one of those one. things where it's just like, okay, I know we get her in the Doctor's daughter, but like, uh, come on. Um, but yeah, uh, more Martha is always good. Yeah, definitely. Um. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. But no, like, I, I I, feel like just where they go to the warehouse and Martha literally calls them in and, uh, and like, they all, like, swoop in, like, super military for this, like, normal, a- well, obviously not normal ass, but, like, relatively civilian-looking fac- uh, factory and Martha literally says we're looking for illegal aliens, and Donna goes, "Is that what you did to her? Turned her into a soldier?" That's not subtle. 
That is extremely unsubtle commentary. Yeah, I'm of two minds on that. I'm kind of like... Because we know after this, or after a while, she goes freelance and we see her with guns. And I'm just like, yeah. wouldn't it be nice if she there was... She was supposed to join Torchwood, but uh, then the BBC cut the fucking goddamn run order. Yeah, I was just like, wouldn't it be nice if her character arc was like... Is if she kind of tried to do what Harry Potter does in canon. It's just like, well, I know how to fight, so let's just, you know... I'll keep fucking doing that. Realize she's not good at that. And you can keep her as a field medic in unit or whatever. But it's just like, I don't know. It's, I'm of two minds of that. And I don't, I am very mixed about how they end her story. And that's not even touching on the fact that they were just yeah. like, oh yeah, let's pair her up with the only other black character. Again, in the again, new again, <laughs> again, that was supposed like, Part of the reason why that oof so much is because it was legitimately supposed to have happened over a season of Torchwood. And then it didn't happen because the BBC cut the fucking goddamn run order. Yeah, this so it's so just... sad. Yeah. yeah, I'm on mixed feelings of it, but I do, I do think it's... They use Martha in the context of her being in unit and what unit is to good effect... And even though Unit is, like, you can heavily criticize a lot of their actions, ultimately, they're not, like, stupid evil. They're just, like, in the system, so they're going to be part of the problem, even if they do have good intentions. Which is, like, it's a nice gray area that, like, you could easily fuck up and be just like, well, these people are terrible. And they're dumb. But they're not terrible. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Um, hold on a sec. Uh, there's a little nod here to, um, something called the unit dating crisis, which is like in fucking, um, in like classic canon the point where uh when three is stand stranded on earth uh and uh he like helps out a unit and that sort of thing is always sort of like in canon it was inconsistent and unsure whether or not it took place in the 70s or in the 80s so there's a little uh little uh nod there. Um They investigate the Atmos factory uh and then like the two like meathead grunts find uh uh the Sontaran stuff inside the uh like the basement uh, and get got. I like how that one soldier is like Needed. educated enough in biology to be like, hey, this might be amniotic fluid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, hey, we can't have the doctor in this scene, so sure, let's make slightly educated soldier guy our, uh, our eyes and ears for this scene. Mm -hmm. Um...
that clone uh is like pretty like that's like I, that's kind of like limits of what they could get away with like whoo that was like borderline like matrix like just got out of the thing like obviously not that horrible yeah exactly the thing in the neck and the mouth webbed together it was just like oh geez yeah it's like um it's like oh god um i don't even think like the gangers have like that much like straight up body horror like, I'm not sure, but, like, I don't believe that they do. Yeah, I can't think um, of anything. So, yeah. Uh, I, I like, also, I, I, it, there's another thing here of, like, Martha and Donna get used... I feel like a, a lot of the time Martha and Donna end up like moving the plot along a lot better. Like, like they, they take initiative and manage to move the plot forward through things like the, the fact that like Donna figures out what's going on by uh, like looking through the files and realizing that the sick leave file is completely empty Yeah, that was a good use of her experience as a, mm-hmm. like, what she did. That's good. Uh, let's see. The fucking the fucking scene where uh Donna's like I need to go visit my parents and uh or te- is like I need to leave and Ten's like oh okay and he gives like a big like goodbye speech and then he's like oh oh no wait you were just you were you weren't being like for for good <laughs> The fucking music like, swells it, it, and everything <laughs> It all, yeah, like it almost feels like RTD is literally making fun of his own tendency for like big goodbye speeches. Almost. You outer space dunce. You absolute fucking. Ten continues to prove that he oh. is big of heart and dumb of ass. Yeah. <laughs> I find it funny that we have, like, a whole scene of, like, Martha investigating this one guy who is, like, very clearly, like, out of it in some way. Uh, and and is just like, I am here to, I am here to, like, it's like, it's like fucking, uh, the, the human music gag. I guess it's my turn to make the Rick and Morty reference this week. But, like, you know, like, ah, yes, human music. Uh, uh, Martha gets captured and cloned, and Donna goes back 
and uh, visits her family, which I, I have to say, there's something about, like, like, obviously, like, the Tylers were, like, probably, like, one of the most important, like, super important, like, one of the most, like, developed sets of families. But I really, I have a soft spot for Donna's family. Especially considering that it's, like, in some ways kind of the messiest. Or at least, like, there's, there's, there's an interesting tension between, uh, like, Donna and her mom. Which I don't feel like... Well, okay... There's definitely tension between Martha and Martha's mom, but Martha's mom isn't a good character. Yeah, we unfortunately don't spend much or time with the family. Or at least never, fam. never really, yeah, never had, yeah, never had enough time to really be, to develop into a good character, at least, yeah. You know, it just, uh, it feels real down-to-earth, like... I don't want to say drama, but it's just like it's it's a very real family archetype um, that the episode just takes time to like have Donna exist in this dynamic and see Wilf be awesome mm -hmm. as usual and see uh, Sylvia. I think her name is be less than awesome, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Um. I love how Ten's, yeah, actually there is that of like Ten's literally like, hey, why why do you have these in your uh, car if they're potentially uh, not safe? And they're like, well, they're standard on government vehicles, so we can't get rid of them until we prove that something's up. I fucking love that side character. <laughs> The fact that he's just like, oh yeah, it drives. Yeah, can we get can we get an F in chat? Can we get an F in chat for Ross? Fs, so many Fs. But uh, a push up in front of the uh, casket. Anyways, um, yeah, it was just, <laughs> yeah, uh, the fact that he he's like, oh yeah, this drives me around a bend as he's like going around a. It was a dumb pun, but like, there's two really that dumb jokes in this thing. arc. Um, yeah. that I just, I unabashedly love, and I don't know, I, I always find it a mark of good writing that even, like, even side characters like Ross, who are ultimately there just to, like, be someone the doctor can talk to, is, like, even that's done well. It's, it's something yeah. I miss. Companion substitute, yeah. yeah. Um... I also, I like the fact that Radigan is literally hiding, like, a fucking, um, a, uh, like, a teleport thingy in his, uh, house as basically, like, it looks like modern art or some <laughs> weird tech thingy. And I love that it's like, well, yes, you see any normal person would just be like, huh, that's just weird, like, art or tech thingy. Uh, but me, I press buttons. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say it was just like, it's the modern art joke. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, it's the the modern art joke from uh uh, uh Fires of Pompeii. Yeah. <laughs> I also like. I mean, that I was don't know. a good little. It was a good jo- joke though, because like rich people just like get all this shit in their house. It's like their yeah, exactly, so, like, exactly. Some big weird box. Of course, no one's gonna like fucking question that. <laughs> yeah. They're just gonna think yeah. it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. A modern art installation. And I love yeah. how, I love how ten. I don't know rich people shit, man. I love how ten immediately challenges, Radigan. He he first he's like a he's a grammar yeah. Nazi to him, and then that like sets Radigan off on his whole thing throughout the rest of the episode about tautologies, which I learned when I was a. And of course he, he yeah. I, and of course he he walks in, and is just immediately like showing off like haha. I'm just as smart as you, if not smarter. Yeah, and just immediately dressing him down. It's like, oh yeah, it's been a long time since anybody said no to you. Just immediately showing how like how little power he has. And I think one of the reasons Radigan is at least not like a get off my screen character or like some someone I hate yeah. is just that that's so apparent in his performance that he's trying to not be as pathetic as he is and like yeah we'll get to his like quote unquote like redemption or like his one good act but the fact that he's like like there there there's a little bit of a of an understanding over the course of things that it's just like wow for all of what i have and for all that i like posture i'm really not <laughs> what i think i am yeah. i'm not hot shit and so yeah, I think again, it's not anything like special, but it's just like layers that they could have easily just not had. I kind of jokingly made a reference to like, oh, I bet Jesse Eisenberg based his Lex Luthor performance in Batman v Superman off of Radigan, but worse. Yeah. Like they could have so easily done that, um, but it's like it's not. <laughs> so I appreciated yeah. that. Um, so of course, Ten finds the teleporter. He transports up to the ship. Makes a god tier pun in Truda Window. Um, yeah. Which, that's a callback because Stat- Van Staten makes that joke in Dalek. Oh, I forgot about that. The the intrude, how did he get in Intruda Window joke? That That's a joke Van Staten makes. Be- I- intruder, that's that's the. It's. It's it's the same setup of like the like because the Santarans see him and he go then they go like intruder and he goes well how did how did he get in in through the window and he's like bye oh in through the window okay yeah now I get it okay <laughs> yeah also I have some classic who yeah. question for you so like the Santarans deal is that like changed much. From like what we know, is there still the war of like with the Rutans and the I clones? believe that's that is yeah yeah uh, like the obviously the design was updated, but I still think like the general mo is pretty similar. I think I haven't seen that many Sontaran yeah. classic stories though. So no. as a as a writer, when when I heard like they've been at war with this one species for fifty thousand years, I was like fuck off. That's that's too large a time. I'm sorry. I know Doctor Who is like crazy with time scaling, but fifty thousand years, like no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Um
But yeah, no, I do like how, like, it's interesting because, like, a lot of this episode feels sort of like, like, it's taking the idea of Sontarans and, like, the idea of, like, the, the, like, surreptitiously, like, putting this stuff in your cars and, like, making clones or, like, hypnotizing people, like, feels like a much more, like, post-9-11 take on the Suntarans, which is interesting because even Ten literally points it out, is explicitly how the Suntarans don't do things. Because their whole thing is, like, face me and fight, and that's, that's like... That's part of the reason why their their weakness is on like the back of their neck because the thing is like they always face they always face their enemy. Was that weakness from like a classic Fu thing? Was that like yes? A, yeah, that, that, that's a very uh, that that's a very classic Fu kind of setup in my opinion. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think that's I the vibe yeah. I got. I'm pretty sure it has been that way since classic. Yeah. Shame that we don't really get anything more interesting on the Centaurans, and I, I don't really, I, I don't count Strax as interesting. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I like that actor, okay. but... <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hold on. At least I... Uh, yeah, uh, tick the lead for a second, actually. I'm, I'm gonna check that and see if it, that is actually... Because I think it was, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yes it is. Um, yeah, that's, that's from Classic. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, like, it... You can tell this is like a later episode because it uh it explicitly takes the uh the it, like it explicitly makes fun of like the silly Santaran appearance. Uh because like every like literally like the first thing is like you look like a baked potato. <laughs> I'm guessing they look like that in classic too. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, Even man. more you so. Wanna, you want to see what they look like? Yeah. Absolutely. You want to As... yeah, look look you, like you want to see what they fucking look like in cla like look look at this look at this fucking <laughs> look at this fucking <laughs> You go king. Like just actually derpy. Just actually derpy. Yeah, they haven't refined the makeup. Looks like, looks like, looks like a, looks like a, like a 60s Spider-Man cartoon supervillain. Yeah, they haven't refined the makeup to where, like, Strax is in, uh, Series 6 and Series 8, but, like, it still looks, like, good, <laughs> but... Oh, my God. A definite oh. improvement <laughs> from, from classic. <laughs> That's an appearance, all right. <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, also, like this, the the thing here where Ten picks up the fucking 
the the uh like the the tennis racket and uses like the tennis shot to knock the uh the Sontaran out, that feels like a seven moment. Like that that feels like something seven would do. Um, I mean, the 11th Doctor shows in The Lodger that he is absurdly good at all human sports. That is true. I mean, the other, the, to be fair, Matt Smith is actually a, uh, 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 a, um, oh, like, was, was a footballer in the past, but yeah. Oh, yeah, he was gonna pursue it before, like, something medical happened and he went into acting, I believe. So. Yeah. Um... <laughs> so yeah, uh, the clone Martha gets activated, which I will, like, I, I guess I am, like, moving ahead like slightly ahead for now but i really like that at like it, it is explicitly stated later that like 10 knew the entire time oh yeah he should frankly <laughs> yeah um Also, I, I like that uh, ten like Portal Two paradoxes the Atmos system to make it so they don't <laughs> to make it so they don't like get driven into the river. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that was. <laughs> You'd think somebody else would have thought of that, but like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I. Whatever. <laughs> Just roll with it. Just roll with it. <laughs> yeah. Radigan was like, if anybody is as clever as me, they can get out. The and they that's what deserve happened. to live. <laughs> yes. Fucking, that, is that when they start doing the Sontar Ha thing and then Radigan joins in like a fucking dweeb? <laughs> yeah. I fucking yeah, love that. Exactly. I was just like, dude, they're going to kill you. <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? He looks like such a dork, too. He's just, like, trying really hard. <laughs> yeah. This is what Proud now, Boys meetings like... are like, actually. It's just that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm apolitical. What were we saying? <laughs> totally. 100%. 100% apolitical. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh... All right. Uh, uh, so the uh, 10 uh, investigates uh, the car and figures out, like, what's going on there. Uh, and... As that happens, they start spreading the gas uh, from all the cars, and that's our uh, that's our cliffhanger for this story. Um, we get our our obligatory show up sh uh, appearance from like the one fucking uh, 
um the the one um news anchor that is in like all the rtd thingies uh like all the rtd like earth invasion stories that are like set like in modern times the ann anger yeah um (laughs) in before chibnall brings that character back dude she's an end of time too isn't she like she was she was there for it all yeah exactly the whole thing um I googled ANN, and the second option is Anime News Network. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. Um, We're living in the worst timeline. It's fine. Anyway. Yeah, 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 we are. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the TARDIS, <laughs> the TARDIS gets uh, teleported onto the Sontaran ship. Um, I, I, again, the little thing of like 10... It feels like here that Ten, like, always knows, like, what's going on here. Like, he, it, like he's, like, relatively in control of the situation, except for when uh, it has to do with, uh, like, unit people not doing what uh unit people not doing what he wants them to do um yeah the new the nuke thing was such a non like what what you're gonna gonna you're gonna nuke the spaceship Basically, any time in Doctor Who, when somebody's like, we need to do things, you know it's not going to happen. Yeah. Never, ever, ever. Um, oh, man. Um, then uh, Ten calls, calls him up, uh, starts... Uh, like trying to figure out what the plan is. I like how they go into the whole like Santar Ha thing, and Ten's just like, okay, all right, and just like turns it, turns the channel for a little bit. <laughs> I also love the meta thing of like how the general, I forget his name, um, is like, you should probably let like an official like government sanctioned like unit sanctioned like diplomatic person. Meanwhile, by Capaldi's time, he's the president of the Earth, and Yuna's just yeah. like, yeah, you know, we're just gonna fuck off. We'll let you do it. Which, um, yeah, not how that would ever work, but it, it was just an amusing thing, and it's just like, hi, just you wait, buddy. <laughs> he is the guy. Yeah. Ten drops like obvious hints to be like like Donna pick up the phone. Um, (laughs) And then she doesn't know who to call. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, "Who do I call?" Yeah. Also, I like I I really like that fucking um, like we uh like uh Radigan like reveals his plan. And then, like, immediately everyone's like, what the fuck are you t- 
talking about dude and like le walks out on him. Just like breed. I've designed a mating program. What did you think was gonna happen, jackass? <laughs> I, I love the part where he's like, I have a breeding program all planned out. He thought that was just gonna go over a-okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's even funnier when they're just like, bro, they're always smarter than you. We're just gonna shoot you, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> also, the fact that like nobody is afraid of him with a gun. And just like after the first person leaves, it's like, well, guess he ain't gonna do shit. And they just leave. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Another part of Radigan's character that I liked. I was just like, yeah, you punk ass bitch. Yeah. Get fucked. Um, I like, like, uh, my favorite, honestly, like, my favorite thing about Wilf is the fact that repeatedly like uh is like repeatedly uh like Sylvia be like what are you doing like don't don't go like he's dangerous and Wilf's like nah nah fam go 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 for it man um uh The Santarans just massacre a lot of people, which, re like, it's, it's, it's honestly, like, I have to hand it to the general man how surprisingly, like, full-on, uh, like, does not listen to the doctor ever, just keeps going... Is like, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not gonna listen to you, and, uh, not gonna listen to you, gonna walk my men into certain death, uh, repeatedly, uh, fuck you. Like, normally, like, normally you have, like, the fucking, uh, uh, you have like like the the thing and then like a bunch of people die and then they're like oh oh no okay all right we need to be uh we need to be real here uh shit needs to get done um like i'll listen to you but like no he doesn't he just keeps going 10 pulls out his yelly face yeah the i am very angry face yeah there. I'm doing it terribly because I'm a terrible actor and a terrible person yeah. in general, but like it's, it's amusing. Uh, uh, also, uh, F, F in chat, uh, F in chat for Ross. Uh, also, isn't the secondary Suntaran commander literally the actor they get for Strax? Yes. And yes, yeah. yes, it is. Which works out fine because they're a clone race. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not complaining about that. I was just like, huh? I, I forgot he's like right here in the beginning. I assumed he showed up in the uh, in a uh, Demon's Run. 
I think is the name of that dumb place. Yeah. Oh yeah, we get a we get a are you my mummy joke in here. That was yeah, I, I made a comment on that. That was definitely a fun little uh callback, I guess. I mean yeah, it, it's pretty weird to see like references like that. You you don't get those as much anymore. Like a joking reference, like to a straight up line from a previous episode. And especially to like a, a joke about you know, not enemy but like quote unquote enemy from a from a former Yeah. I may prefer the twelve one I mean, a bit like, better, the but one... yeah, yeah, the like the one the one that gets called back the most on average is the "Are you my mummy?" one. Like that one shows up by far the most. Really? What are the other ten? <sighs> twelve uh, says it in uh, "Mummy on the Orient Express." Um, I did not catch that reference. Yeah. I think it gets called back, like, multiple times alongside this. I mean, this is the most obvious one, though, because I can't think explicitly of any yeah. others. Like, in general, if a gas mask shows up, <laughs> they're probably going to go for it. When all your writers are nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Um. See, I uh, ten reveals that the entire time, uh, he knew that uh Martha was a clone, and just rolled with it. I love how it's like not only he he rolled with it because he knew that he was actually stopping things from getting any worse. Like that's that's great. Um, it's revealed that the big, all the gas, uh, was the, um, the, like the, the, like trying to terraform the planet into the perfect planet to make, uh, new clones, uh, Santaran clones for the war, which is an interesting idea and plays in the whole, uh, stolen, uh, the whole uh, stolen uh, planets arc. Yeah. Out of all the uh, RTD uh, series so far, I think this one does foreshadowing and like laying the breadcrumbs the best because it involves the actual plots of the episode instead of like Bad Wolf being mentioned or Torchwood being mentioned and showing up in one episode before the finale. Yeah. Or like. Mr. Saxon is kind of going in the right direction, but it's still like, okay, what the fuck is this? Like, this series is actually, like, a real, mm -hmm. almost masterclass in how you would do something like this. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, also, I like how, like, Ten, like, this is one of the episodes where, like, I feel like Ten being, like, super anti-gun works yeah this is definitely like it works thematically and like in the context of the story as well so it, like it makes sense here even if i'm like not totally on board with it it just thematically makes sense for him to be sort of like disdainful towards guns when it's against the Santar. yeah like um 
Yeah. Like the fact that he just like Radigan points a gun at him and he's not even phased and just like grabs it and tosses it. And I'm like, if I see another fucking gun. Um, Big dick 10 moment. Yeah. Uh, so 10 jury rigs up the. Terraformer up something. Yeah. The terraformer to burn off, which, you know, I feel like that would probably not work or be a problem. We'll just ignite the atmosphere. No biggie. Yeah. It reminded me of fucking like the, mm. uh, the, the, the stupid, stupid, um, like trees covering the planet episode in uh series eight where it's just like, oh, yeah, the trees have grown because the, a solar flare and it's going to burn away all the trees. And But don't worry, the planet will be protected. I'm just like, no, that's not how that works. Yeah. But it, it, was, a, it like, was a cool moment. Mm. And my favorite part about that is that after it all works, the first person to say anything is Radigan and he yells, he's a genius. I was just like, yes, yeah. my dude. Character. You got it. Let's go. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I like how it's it's again. It feels so weird that like. I I like. I like. I guess it's kind of in character how like focused on this ten is of like, I have to give them a chance, so I have to do this myself, even though there's like. Totally like ways that he could jury rig something up. That he could do it safely, but it's kind of in character, I guess. And it obviously leads to uh, Radigan uh, swapping places with Ten uh, and uh, sacrificing himself to blow them up. With an appropriate Ten-level god-tier pun. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of read that moment as like... 10 being like specifically to Donna it's like it's because of you that like unlike with the Rachnos you know I'm giving a chance or I'm not gonna go too far I gotta do this which like yeah okay drama plot but I was just like you know what I can it's not like out of fucking left field yeah exactly um yeah so I also I do like that it, it's it, it it's a very almost well, almost like a nine thing of like the fact that um um like they like the Santarans are literally like yeah like fucking what you won't do it and Ten actually literally like he can't do it feels like a very like a coward every, every any day uh sort of moment and and um, his his like attempt to like get them to back down so it fails because it's the Santarans and they're just like they yeah, will they're die not gonna a glorious death <laughs> yeah yeah like they're they're not going to fucking back down you nuts man also sadly reminded me of when 13 had the same option and then got bailed out by random old dude we met like 30 minutes ago um 
I definitely yeah. prefer this iteration. But like this one actually yeah, yeah, no, this one actually has weight because this character's actually fucking interesting. Ugh. I mean, uh, we're not biased. What are you talking about? <laughs> um So yeah, uh then uh, Ten and Martha and Donna are hanging out in the TARDIS when suddenly uh, the doors lock uh, and it starts taking off and it's like, oh, what's what's going on here? Uh, and that is our sort of... It's weird having a cliffhanger like that for just like a random mid-series episode that goes into next week's episode. Yeah, uh... I honestly kind of miss like cliffhanger ones like this because you get them a lot in like the RTD era where the you know at the end of the episode they're sort of like oh the TARDIS is doing a thing yeah like yeah like a pickup tag yeah and you don't get that as much with Moffat usually it's like it's a usually it starts with like they're not even in the TARDIS they're, like it, it's just like the doctor shows up to like pick up Clara or whatever and be like hey guys got an adventure plan for you yeah exactly um. So, yeah, uh, anything else before we move on to ratings? I'm good. Uh Yeah, so um it's a it's a good two-parter. The Sontarans are brought back here and I think handled really really well. Um uh like uh the side characters are good um radigan is surprisingly like he's supposed to he's unlikable when he's supposed to be unlikable but you don't like his redemption well even though it's it's short doesn't feel like it's unearned or like it it like it didn't make sense for it to happen other than just kind of like the silliness of like 10 being like super like i have to do it this way um yeah, it's just it's just entertaining doc like it's 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 there's not necessarily as much to talk about as there was like last week or um as there would as there would have in um like the week before that or something like that, but it's it's keeping the consistent high quality of this series going really well. So I yeah, I'd give it like a solid like B plus. We're just going to be giving everything like almost identical rankings this series, um, I feel like, because, yeah, there isn't as much like social commentary. I mean, there's some stuff with like the doctor generally disliking guns and the army and like stuff like that. But that's like a that's a continuous part of his character. Um, it's a lot more like sci fi, like plot driven. Um, we don't really have an equivalent to Suntarans. In real life despite my proud boys joke um but yeah. yeah um i don't know the side characters are enjoyable everyone's chemistry is good even the fucking like tertiary characters with the um with general i forget his name and the captain who we like hear her name once and there's like that random kiss at the end like even something stupid like that is just like aw. um i don't know yeah. it just it's 
it, I'd put it at a tier slightly above like comfort food if we're to go into like food metaphors. It's just like yeah. it's like it's high quality. Everything's firing on all cylinders. It's not especially deep. It's not a Rosa or a Demons of the Poon job. It's not having like heavy hitting material like that. Um, but it still takes yeah. itself seriously, and it's a it's a good story and it's a good arc, and uh, I enjoyed it on all on all aspects and it continues the high quality of this series b plus mm-hmm. um yeah i'd say like i overall agree you know obviously this series is overall just very solid um and this this two-parter is no exception we get you know a very good character who comes back like you said all the tertiary you know even up to the tertiary characters are really good uh the sort of you know, quote unquote, villain human gets an interesting arc over the course of the two-parter. Um, Sontarans are just—I I would say the Sontarans are honestly this episode, this two-parter's like weakest aspect because there's not really much to them. They're just sort of potato shooty guys, and there's not much more to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. But beyond that, like everything's really good and interesting. You know, taking advantage of cars is interesting. The whole thing with Atmos is interesting. All the characters and the way they, they play together are just like well put together. So overall, you know, I'd say if if it weren't for the fact that the the like you know actual villains are kind of eh, I'd say it would be like a near solid episode. But uh, mm-hmm. because of that, I'd probably say like eight point five. Yeah, eight point five. Um, so yeah, next week we will be discussing, uh, series four, episode six, The Doctor's Daughter. Um, yeah, uh, until then, uh, I guess we're going to move on to our next segment. Alright, uh, this week we are talking about Series 2, Episode 6, Reset, which is the first of three episodes that feature uh, Martha uh, guesting with the Torchwood team. Um, it's also, uh, yeah, like, um, oh well, I'll get to that later, but like, it is honestly astonishing, like, how much you can just feel like it just feels like she fits in perfectly. Yeah. Perhaps it's because I've seen, like, shows with a more serious tone of her, like, since Doctor Who. Like, I'm forgetting the name of the show. <laughs> she's, Sensei? Yes, yes. I was, I, was, I was about to say where she's, like, bi or gay. <laughs> but, like, she, she does well with that type of material. So it was no surprise that she, like just kind of like slid into like a perfect like chemistry and like slot in this cast of characters yeah and is honestly more competent than most of the team as she should be like and which and means that like by extension everyone else around her becomes more competent it's wild Um, yeah, really, uh, like, really all 
all I have to say is um on, on this episode is is really just like Martha's great like the little scenes where like like it's Owen messing around with like the the like the surgery thing and like like almost hitting uh Yanto with a laser beam or Martha figuring out that Jack and Yanto are fucking or stuff like that like it's it's the little things in this episode that i think go really well and then obviously there's the thing of like this is uh the first time owen dies which starts a big thing that goes through the rest of the season but like at least the the stuff yeah out of out of the stuff that happens in this episode i think like the little like downtime scenes are like by far my favorite parts also, it's nice to see a character from Doctor Who, which it's not—it's not a sanitized show. Even even by Chibnall's time, I wouldn't—I'd argue it's not a sanitized show. But it's like just the level of like yeah. sex and just the messiness of human interaction. That's really just like mm-hmm. sort of a Torchwood exclusive thing. So to see to see a Doctor Who character yeah. that's not Jack <laughs> be in that environment and like yeah, exactly. how the shift comes and how like Martha yeah Martha's the only person to cross over exactly so it's like you know and to your point about how that was going to be a whole arc of Martha leaving unit and going independent and like I would have loved to see Mickey especially like post yeah. Pete's world like uber Chad Mickey in Torchwood like that would have yeah. been such a treat and I'm so mad we don't have that now but um yeah, that that was something else I enjoyed. Like, yeah, thanks. Thanks um thanks a bunch uh Chibnall for um or no no not Chibnall. Um thanks a bunch uh <laughs> reflex <laughs> that's my reflex. autopilot there. Thanks yeah, yeah. Thanks a bunch, um, fucking, uh, BBC for cutting the tortured run order so, uh, uh, Martha and Mickey couldn't come back. I just had the best joke idea. It's like, what if, what if, uh, Jack appearing in season, in series 13 is a secret backdoor pilot for a Torchwood revival and, um... Graham. Yeah, that's that's kicked around. I don't think it's gonna happen. No, but and here's but, here's know, the best part. Nice. Graham and Ryan join Gwen and Neonto and Jack. That's that's my pitch. That absolutely can't happen. I mean, we're in the timeline of no, we're in the no, timeline of suck. We're in the timeline of no, Minecraft, no. Steve, and Smash. Anything can happen now. Literally anything. Literally anything. <laughs> Anyway, this is the point where I'm I mean, fired off of the BBC writing staff for uh, pitching that idea. But you, go ahead. You were on the BBC writing staff? <laughs> no, I'm saying I would. If I was, I would have just been fired for pitching that. So it's the it's the fucking the 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 meme where it's it's like, well, we need so and so, and it's two people saying one thing, and the one person says another thing, and it's just a shot of them getting like kicked out a window. Look, look, I'm a I'm a trans woman wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. Of course, I'm going to be on the BBC writing staff to perpetuate the SJW agenda. Of course, that's what's happening here. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Torchwood. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I like this yeah. episode. <laughs> Torchwood. Um, 
I wasn't the biggest fan of this episode. It was not great at holding my attention. I'll be honest. I kept getting distracted. Yeah. I, I didn't think there was too much going on here. I don't know. It just didn't grab me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I like the idea of like, like, the, like that's some prime body horror shit of like having like, cause like, that's like an actual thing that bugs do with other animals that aren't us or like, like people corpses. So like having that happen to someone who's still alive is like some fucking prime body horror. Yeah, I was, I was thinking while watching it, like the amount of stuff that streaming sci-fi, like tv 14 tv ma shows get away with now like in all seriousness a torchwood revival with storytelling like this would probably be like way more horrifying than even back then <laughs> so uh yeah yeah i i appreciated the uh body horror like discomfort side of things as well yeah um Oh, uh, also they play, uh, fucking Feel Good Inc. by Gorillaz, uh, in the scene where, like, uh, like, Gwen, I mean, sorry, uh, um, uh, 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 Martha and Owen are doing science stuff, which is pretty fucking... That's neat. Um, anyway, yeah, it's, it's a good episode, like, I feel like... I, I had to, because, like, the next, this part is, like, the first episode of, like, sort of, like, a little three-episode mini-arc. I knew I had to split it up somewhere, and I'm not, I, I decided to bite the bullet and put it here so it all lined up. Um, I, yeah, like, I'm interested to see, because, like, I only sort of have vague memories of where it goes from here, and I'm interested to see that, but, like, I definitely feel like some of the things... I could say here like are or like things that I feel like I'm coming up short on is because this is kind of the first part of an arc. Um, but it's it's a good setup part to an arc and has a good like haha gotcha surprise ending. Um uh so yeah, I like it's yeah, it's a solid episode, solid B. Yeah. Again, like I, I this like 2008 to me just really feels like when the Hooniverse was really firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I think you could make a solid case for that. Um, I agree with basically everything you said. I, as I've said throughout this, I remember specific things from the overall arc of Torchwood. One I knew was that like um, Owen basically ends up kind of being the inverse of what Jack is. So I knew that was coming. I knew Martha would show up in see in uh, season two, but I'm, yeah, uh, as you said, like I I really don't know where it goes from here. So that'll be interesting. Um, I would give this episode a B plus, but unfortunately, um, Martha does not interact with Reese, so I got to bump it down to a B. Ooh, shit! You're right. I don't I don't think she does too. I, I'm not sure. I can't remember if she does or not. Fuck. Well, she might in the in the future. I I just ninety nine percent sure the she doesn't in this Martha, episode. What Mar Martha ne Martha never interacts with Reese because they're they're uh, they, uh the two of them would be so powerful that they'd absorb all the other characters and just have their own spinoff show. 
Big finish, uh, get on it. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Celeste? Uh, you know, I, I'd say, you know, I definitely do like the concept. I thought it, it just was, like, <laughs> not the most interesting episode to me personally. So I'd probably yeah. say it's, like, around a six. It doesn't do anything bad, and I, and I get why why it's an enjoyable episode. But just for me, I, it, it wasn't grabbing me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um... So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, next week we will be discussing uh, series two, episodes seven and eight, uh, "Dead Man Walking" and "A Day in the Death." Um, until then, um, you can support the podcast. Follow the podcast. Uh, I'm gonna cut that out and restart that read again. Um, until then, uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at B2TardisPod. Uh, you can support us on Patreon for a number of benefits like early access to episodes, listening in live uh, to recordings, and potentially even guest starring on an episode of your choosing. Um, I'm Jeff. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WheelieDL and on Twitch at WheelieDLT. I have signed up for Radigan's breeding program, and you can find me on Twitter at SkyHive. <laughs> Nine underscore five. Oh my god. You keep getting fucking upstage, Jesus. I mean, it's not my thing as much anymore. So Sky can, yeah, Sky can have it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Here every week. And I'm oh, so um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what one one other thing? Um, after, in like the next like next few weeks, like after we are not doing uh talking about three episodes a week, um, we will. Uh, probably be doing another bonus episode um and the way i'm going to do these is i'm actually going to stage it in two sets of polls the first set is going to be the first set for this week is going to be determining whether or not it's another seven episode uh another classic episode or a big finish story um and then the second round the next week uh will determine what specific story uh we're looking at so yeah, uh, stay tuned uh, for our, on our like like keep an eye on our Twitter for that. Uh, in fact, the poll will probably be up before this episode gets launched. Like I'll probably just go on Twitter once we're done recording and and put it up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, until then, uh, see you all next week. Bye.